Good morning. See, I know most of you know me because no one sat down. Because if you did sit down, I'm going to tell you to stand back up because now I know who's new and who's not. So it's a joy to be here. It's been an incredible weekend already, right? God's moved in such an amazing way. And, um, and for all of the women in the house, you know, your breakthrough that happened over the last few days needs to stay with you for the rest of your days. And so this morning, you should be extra ready to respond to the Word of God. And, uh, you know, we are dear friends and we are honored to be part of the journey of this house. And I don't want to take up too much of my time saying hello because I have a lot to say, as always. And, uh, and so I want us just in this moment just to be ready for the Word of God. It's funny, isn't it? When you do church every week, week in, week out, you just can become so familiar. And we ought not to be familiar because there's people that would love to do what we're doing right now and they can't. And we live in a place where we can. And so while we can, we should be all in, in these moments. So I want us to open our heart wide. Some of you desperately need a revelation today that I believe God's given me to share with you. And if you lean in and if you choose, because it's your choice, to believe what it is that God's about to speak into your heart, I believe it will transform you. Some of you desperately need a transformation. So God, we stand in your presence. And we're so thankful for all that you've already done. We're so aware of your hand that is so evident in our lives. God, as you move in the backdrop of our circumstances, God, as you hold us in the middle of our storms, as you lead us through the valleys and you walk with us on the mountaintops, you are such a good Father. And everything about your Word is good. And so today, God, we open our hearts and we give permission for the challenge of your Word. For it's the challenge of your word that makes us more like you. So God, I pray I would get out of the way so that you can have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may take your seats. Thanks, guys. Well, what a crazy few years we have had. I don't know how this pandemic has affected you. I don't know what it has stolen from you. I don't know what it has cost you. But we've all had to go through this season and it's affected all of us in different ways. In fact, it's a little miracle in itself that I am even here today in person because England is still in lockdown. The only way we were able to get on an airplane is because we are dual citizens, American citizens as well as English citizens. And right now our borders are still closed and people have still lost their jobs and there's just a lot still of fear in the atmosphere. And so I know there are ongoing effects of what we have been through, but I'm of the mindset that anything that we go through, we should make sure we make it pay for our future. 
I'm not going to go through any season that costs me a lot without getting something for the cost that I had to pay, right? And so this morning, in this message, I want to help us connect with the bigger picture that I believe may be a gain in this all for us as the people of God, a realization, a revelation today for your life that can transform your life. That is a lesson I believe we can learn out of the season that we have been in. The best way for me to describe what I want to title my message today is to tell you about a parenting fail that Steve and I had when Hope, our firstborn child, finally was old enough to get Christmas presents. You know, that she actually would understand. It's not about the paper or the box, but now she was excited because she realized there was something in the box, you know? And so we were at that stage of life where we were raising our child and we were excited for Christmas. And, you know, Fisher Price had become our best friend. Like every commercial they had for every toy that they showed was so amazing. We must get it for our child. You know, the one with the lights that flashed and the keyboard that played and the microphone that changed your voice. And we, I mean, we were like, we were so excited. So Christmas morning came and of course she was excited to unwrap her presents. And as we took everything out of the boxes, we realized we had made an epic mistake because we had failed to read the small print. And the small print literally had this little tiny line on the box that said, batteries not included. So when we assembled the toy and she went to play the keys, there was no sound. And when she pushed the light switch, there was no light. And when she went to speak in the microphone, there was no amplification for we had bought something that was functional, but it was yet to become powerful. And I'm here to let you know today, one of the revelations I pray we get as the church of Jesus Christ out of this season we've all been through is there is small print to our faith. And this journey with God, this walk of faith that we are all on, there is a small print. Batteries are not included. Jesus came and he did all that he ever needed to do for us. He gave his life for us. He conquered death for us. He paid the price for us. But now it is up to us to start walking out what he already paid the price for. We have to understand that we have a part to play in our journey of faith. The batteries are not included. He has given you life and you can live it if you want to your fullness or you can live it to a level that is just average and apathetic. You are the one that has to decide that. And over this pandemic, a lot of our lives all of a sudden had a power outage. And we, we have made a discovery that actually what we thought we had, we did not have. And maybe the discovery that many have made is that they were running their life off a series of extension cables. They were extending into somebody else's faith to build their faith. They were extending into a service on Sunday to give them the word for Monday. 
They were extending into someone else's generosity so that they had a life that looked like it was also generous. They were extended into somebody else's, getting them out of bed to go to the house of God to actually make them make the commitment. And when over the pandemic, all of those sockets got removed, we started to sense, man, what happened? I don't sense the power of God like I did before. I don't feel as strong as I did before. But nothing changed on God's end. Something changed on your end. And we as the church have to understand that if we're going to make a difference in the world around us, we need to start adding the batteries that God tells us to add to our life. We do not need any more extension cable faith. We need portable power. Batteries are portable power. You can take the power wherever you go because it's power that you have discovered is on the inside of you. If your worship needs a band, then your worship has no portable power. If your devotional life needs someone to preach for you, then your devotional life has no power. If your honoring spirit needs someone to make you honor, then your honoring has no portable power. If your compassion has to have its arm twisted and a video played for you to do something, then your compassion has no portable power. And we as the church are in trouble if everything about our existence requires extension cables. When God said no, add your own batteries. You say, well, Charlotte, where does it say that? Well, I haven't got time to read all the places where it says that because there are a lot. But it tells us in Philippians 2 that we are to work out our salvation. Add your own batteries. It puts it this way in the message. It says, I was living among you and you lived in responsive obedience. This is a writing to the church. Now that I'm separated from you, now that the extension socket has gone, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy where deep within you, God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. What about 2 Peter 1 verse 5? I know you might not like it, but it's in your Bible. It's where the pages are stuck together because we want the promised fridge magnet that tells us all the stuff God's going to do for us. But we not need to start growing up as the church and say, God, this is what I am going to do because I realize greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It says it this way. This is a bring your own batteries passage for this very reason. Make every, how much effort? How much effort? Okay, let's just, let's just time out. I'm family, so I'm just going to have a little talk. If you can't repeat the word every with your energy, then maybe your batteries are not included this morning. Okay, all I asked you to do was repeat every. I know you got a mask on, but I heard some of you shout your children. So I know that you can shout when you need to. 
So let's try that one more time with your batteries included. Everybody repeat this line. How much effort does it tell us we have to make? Now, now I know I just worked you up to do that, but let the Spirit of God just teach you something. Do you see the difference? You all had an every in you. You all have an amen in you. You all have a generous spirit in you because he is in you. You all have kindness in you because he is in you. You all have compassion in you. You all have worship in you because you were created to worship him. And yet it's amazing to me how it takes us so long to understand, no, you have to add something here. Make every effort to add to your faith, goodness and to goodness, knowledge and to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, then they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You feel ineffective or unproductive, then guess what? You've got to do something. You've got to start adding to your faith. You've got to start adding to your work. You've got to start adding. The problem is, if your energy is borrowed, then your consistency is compromised. And if you are not in church right now, I love you, and there may be a reason why you're not in church, but there comes a point where you're like, I can't wait for someone to drive me there. I can't wait for five messages to convince me to be there. The word of God says I need to be planted in the house of God and I have to plant myself. And so I'm going to take you to a story in the Bible where the awareness that batteries are not included came home to a group in this story. And it's a strange story. I like strange stories because most people that communicate leave them alone, which means they're left for me. And so I, I like strange stories because you're like, oh, I've not heard that one before. But this just paints a picture that I'm trying to paint for you today. That You've got to get your own batteries. It says in Matthew 25, it's the parable of 10 virgins. And it says at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins. He took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. And the wise ones, however, they took oil in jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Verse six, at midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, they trimmed their lamps, and the foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Go get your own oil. 10 virgins, five that were wise and five that were foolish, all had an appointment with the bridegroom, all had a date where they were gonna meet the one that they had been waiting for 
for so long. Five of them set off understanding. I don't know when he's going to show up. I have no idea if it will be now or it'll be later. I don't know how long I need to be willing to wait in this process. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I take enough with me to actually get past my waiting patience into perseverance. And five said, I'll just take enough to get me by. I'll just take what I think I need until I think he should show up. Because surely he'll show up, right, when my life needs a power surge. And it says this in verse, in one of the verses I just read, I think it was verse 6. And I want you to note it. It says, at midnight. Do you know the enemy waits till it's midnight in your life for you to realize that you didn't have any batteries with you? He waits until that dark season in your life and you think, man, I was strong on Sunday and man, I'm in the aftermath of that on Monday. But he waits until about Thursday and then when the temptation comes at midnight and you go to put the battery on called self-control and it's dark and the temptation's real. And you realize, man, I was borrowing the energy from Sunday and it got me through to Tuesday, but that old temptation rolled around on Thursday and now I don't have enough in me to stop looking at what I'm looking at. I don't have enough in me to actually refrain from that situation I know is not good for me because you did not bring enough batteries. In the midnight moments of our life is when we discover, do you have faith of your own? Do you know how to pray for your own marriage? Do you know how to stand on the word of God in the season of testing? Do you believe that he is your provider when the finances didn't come when you needed them to come? Five that were foolish went to put on the equivalent of their oil lamp. So they turned to the wise ones, and you would think, wouldn't you, that the wise ones would have a more generous response. And they say to the wise ones, hey, give us your batteries, because we don't have enough for our lamps. Give us your oil. And the wise ones say, I'm sorry, not this time. You have to go get your own. You know, some of us, the realization is that our best advice right now to our friend is, friend, I've been there for you in every midnight hour, but there comes a point where it's time to get your own. You got to go get your own. So I want to give you three things in my last 15 minutes that I want to ask you to consider today. And if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to own this message in your spirit, then I'm telling you, it will be a revelation that will get you through the midnight hours of your life. It will transform the church if we understand what I am speaking in this moment. It will change the way that we do church forevermore if we all understand what I am saying in this moment. You have to understand that this party of life that we're all invited to, 
The invitation has a BYOB on it. Now, I'm from England. And in England, BYOB means something that I know it does not mean in such a godly place like Illinois. I know for you, BYOB means bring your own Bible. And you need to pray for all the heathens in Europe that don't understand that yet. But this party of life, this invitation that God extends to us, he added on the invite, BYOB, bring your own batteries, bring your own faith. Doesn't matter if it's as small as a mustard seed, bring something to the table because God wants to show you what he can do when you show up with something. Jesus was drawn to those who brought their own batteries, whether it was a boy with a lunch, And he's like, somebody brought something in that crowd that day. There would have been thousands of people that could have solved the problem better than the boy. They maybe had a business that could have fed people, finances that could have paid for lunches. They had an ability way beyond this boy's capability. But no one was willing to bring their own. They sat with their arms folded like, Jesus, you do it. Someone bring me my lunch. Someone bring me my batteries. And Jesus waited for someone, somewhere to show up with something. And he said, you brought your own. You brought something today. And because you brought something, what you brought will be the miracle that everybody else eats from. I don't want to eat from everybody else's lunch. I want to bring something to the hands of Jesus myself and see what I bring, feed others. He waited for David's small stone in his pocket to be brought to the battlefront. And he said, I'll take the small stone in your pocket because you refused to borrow the batteries of Saul's armor. You said to the armor, I don't need to borrow you. I have something in my pocket that I own that I brought to the battlefront. And I believe that God is able to guide what is in my hand to take down the giant that is dominating this land. So I don't know what it is, but you need to start to bring your own. The Bible tells us we should enter his gates with thanksgiving. Do you know, imagine for a moment, if this morning when you got to church, before you could got in the auditorium, you were outside in the parking lot and the church had come early and they were so excited because they believed what I just said, that you can enter his gates with thanksgiving. And before you get out of your car, you can hear people singing praises of worship. You see people praying over other people in the parking lot. You see people being kind to one another and believing for merit. And we haven't even cranked the band up yet. But let me tell you what it looks like in a lot of churches around the globe. It looks like a worship team who are like, how do we help them get into worship? And they have to think, right, well, we'll start with a slow song. We'll like warm them up. You know, we'll like get the beat going. And then hopefully, if we really keep at it, by the time we get to break every chain, someone might break out into a hand being lifted. And that is the truth. And so I just have to say to you, you need warming up to worship the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords. You need the band to get the sleep out of your eyes and the coffee to kick in before you're willing to say amen. What happened to the church? What happened to the Holy Ghost fire church? What happened? You got to bring your own into his gates with thanksgiving. I tell you, the worship would go to a whole nother level. The atmosphere would shift in a whole nother way if we would bring our own batteries. So BYOB is what I have to say to you, number one. Number two, you got to charge your batteries. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say something, it's so true that you're going to have to give me an amen. You're not going to like it, but it is the truth, and the truth will set you free. Some of you in here, in fact, I would go as far as saying the majority of you in here are more aware of the battery level of your iPhone than you are the battery level of your spirit. You're like, oh my gosh, it's almost on red. Where's my charger? Where's my charger? Like the world's gonna end. You have a charger in your car. You have a charger in your handbag. You have a charger in the kitchen. You have a charger in the bedroom because you can't bear the thought of losing power on your iPhone. But on your spirit, there is no charger in your handbag. There's no charger in your kitchen. There's no charger in your bedroom. You just wait to get to church and hope somebody puts jump cables on your spirit to get you through another week. It's not my job to charge your batteries. I have enough work charging my own. Your spirit needs to be charged on a daily basis. You are under an attack from an enemy who's trying to drain your life. And so if you're not mindful of the level of your battery spiritually, the enemy will make sure there's not enough places for you to find a charge until he runs you right the way down and then comes the midnight hour. Some of you are living from crisis to crisis and I have to let you know, a lot of that crisis is not God sent. It's self-inflicted. It's living in a place of powerlessness when you serve the God who is all powerful. Go learn to charge your battery. That's why David said when he realized, man, battery low, battery low, battery low. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? You will praise the Lord. He said, I'm charging myself up. comes a point with your children, right? Where you're like, I can't be your faith anymore. Amen. Where you have to turn to your kids and go, you gotta find your own route into God. You gotta find your own relationship with God. And so we understand it in our parenting in the natural, but how often do we apply the same principle to ourselves? If you're not reading your own Bible, you ain't charging your battery. If you're not worshiping in your car and in your kitchen, you're not charging your battery. If you're not declaring the word of the Lord over your marriage, you're not charging your battery. It's just what it is. And I came as the wise friend today to say, you're not borrowing mine anymore. Get your own. I love you, 
but get your own. Do you think that God's short? He has more energy than I could ever give you. He has more wisdom than I could ever give you. He has more revelation than I could ever give you. So why would you settle for something that is not the real deal? Go straight to the source. Discover your portable power. The amazing thing about charging batteries, and I don't know a lot about batteries. I am not professing to be an expert in this area, but I did do a little research. And I found out the basic principle of charging a battery is that you take the negative in order to create the positive. And some of you are like, well, I have nothing to charge my battery with. Do you have any negatives? Then you have all the ingredients you need to charge the positive. <laughs> That's why it says in Isaiah that he takes our, our ashes. He takes the negative energy of our ashes and he turns it into a crown of beauty. He takes our despair and he changes it into a garment of praise. He clothes us in a way that takes the energy of the negativity and makes it something that speaks and testifies of his glory. Oh, if you have any negative in your world, then you are highly ready to be charged up into something powerful and positive. Finally, you are responsible to bring your own batteries, to charge your own batteries, and you are also responsible to be aware and have the discernment to know when it is time to change your batteries. I think one of the biggest things that my prayer life is around right now, when it comes to us coming out of this season we've been in as the church across the globe, is that we would not just go back to doing life like we did before, but we would understand that God is asking many of us to grow up. It's time to change your batteries. See, batteries, they come in all different shapes and sizes. This can power certain things, but this can power other things. And if I was to get a car battery on the platform, which is even bigger, that can even power a moving vehicle. Some of your spiritual life has been like this for 10 years. Same old, same old. You're always the one to be served, but you're never on the team to serve. You're always the one that the bucket passes by and the tithe never actually lands in. You're always the one who says, could you pray for me? But you never step up and say, can I pray for you? It's time to change your batteries. 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I reasoned like a child, I acted like a child, but then it was time to put my childish ways behind me. It was time to change my batteries. There was a moment when Joseph had to change his batteries from prisoner to prime minister. When an orphan named Esther had to change her batteries from living in the harem to being the future queen. It was a time when David on a hillside had to change his batteries from the leader of the sheep to the leader of a nation. Some of you are waiting, God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And God's like, no, you can decide now. My strength is in you. I go before you. I've gone behind you. It's time to change your batteries. 
And I speak over this house and this church and this community that where you have come to in this season, as good as it is, it's time for the next season. And what got you this far will not get you to the next place. There is a battery change within your lives that require you to do some changing so that more power can be released. And if you hold up this spot, then you're not just holding up the spot, you're holding up all the other people behind you that wanna change their battery, but in order to change their battery, they need you to change your battery. Why are we so scared of change? When the Bible tells us that He takes us from glory to glory. I'm not scared when I know that glory is ahead, when I know that abundance is ahead. And today I challenge you all. Batteries are not included. He has done all He can ever do. He, he doesn't need to do one more thing. So when we understand He doesn't need to do one more thing, then the question is, well, why are some powerful and some powerless? Maybe that's because we have to do something. I want us to stand to our feet, time's gone. And I just wanna pray over you. And I want you to be honest in this moment because change needs honesty. And today, if you're saying in any way, shape or form, I know I need to start bringing my own batteries in this area, whether it's your faith or your song or your gratitude or your joy or your hope, I don't know what it is. But as we close our eyes right now in this moment, it's between you and God, but it's a commitment that you're making. God, I realize I have to BYOB my batteries in this situation. I want you to just lift your hands if that's you today. I'm just committing again, God, to, to stop putting my life on extension cables and start actually bringing my own, bringing my own worship, my own praise, my own thanksgiving. God, you see our hands raised all across the room. God, these hands represent so much potential that the enemy has wanted us not to discover. And I pray today for boldness, for people to charge up their batteries, for people to change their batteries, for there to be a shift in the atmosphere and we stop living off cables into other people's faith and we find our own in You, God. God, mature us today. Grow us up today. Let your church arise today. God, let us all find our own amen. Let us all find our own hallelujah. Let us all find our own worship. Let us all find our own hope in you. Oh God, let that be the church that emerges in this season, I pray. God, you deserve nothing less than that. You gave it all for us. How can we hold back? As eyes are closed, you can lower your hands. I'm gonna ask one more thing. If you're here today and you're like, Charlotte, I don't even know how to have that power inside of me. That's because you've never prayed a prayer where you've asked Jesus into your life. It's as simple as that. See, even the process of becoming a saved person requires you to do something. <laughs> he doesn't force himself on humanity. He requires you to bring your own response and say, I want salvation. I want Jesus. I want forgiveness. He leaves that part with you. That's why some of you, you're in church, but you're powerless because you've never actually prayed the prayer for yourself. Just because you are religious or come to church does not mean that you have this power source inside your own life. 
And so if you've never prayed the prayer, Jesus, come into my heart, or you are backslidden and away from God today, in this moment, I want you to come home. Your batteries today are bringing a willingness to say, yes, God, I need you, I want you, forgive me. So if that is you today, at any part, whether you're at home or on another campus or in this room, I just want you to take a moment to respond. As eyes are closed, if you're saying, that's me, I want you to just lift a hand. I'll see your hand here in the room. If you're at home, God sees your hand. I see hands all around the room. Come on, this is you saying, I'm bringing my own today. No more riding on the faith of another. No more allowing someone else to be the one that brings me. I'm going to bring my own. Awesome. Then I want us all to repeat after me these words. This is me helping you right now bring your response to God. So everybody right now, repeat after me. Dear God, today I choose to bring my life and lay it down at your feet. I choose to receive forgiveness, to receive your love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. And thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I today declare that I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.